you're an early stage Web3 founder, apply to our award-winning accelerator program, Basecamp at outlierventures.io slash Basecamp. We write your first $50,000 check and give you access to 200 mentors, including many of the leading Web3 founders, and a network of 1,000 of the world's leading investors and exchanges. We've helped over 30 startups from 15 countries from all around the world raise $130 million in growth funding and can help you fast track product market fit and where relevant, the launch of your token economy. Okay, so today I'm really happy to welcome to the show, Jesse Johnson, COO and founder of Pixelcraft. Welcome, Jesse. Hi, thanks for having me, Jamie. So the kind of producer of the show grabbed this from somewhere. I've no idea whether it's your Twitter profile or LinkedIn. You know, you describe yourself as a designer at heart with international business and regulatory instincts. And I would say that's probably the most boring description I could give of you because like how I understand all the amazing stuff that you do is is just so much more sexy, right? I mean, Avigachi is like the sexiest end of probably both the NFT and the DeFi spectrum. So I just hope you don't use that on your dating profile. I think we can come uh, <laughs> much better. Uh, somehow, luckily, I'm already married, so but good ah, advice yeah. nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, okay, there yeah. you go, there you go. <laughs> That's why you don't need to make an effort with it, I guess. Right. Um, so you're best known for creating Pixelcraft, of course, the team behind Avigotchi. Um, So a quick description of uh, Pixelcraft Studios is a leading game development team committed to gaming with true ownership. As I said, flagship titles of Agoche, which is a groundbreaking DeFi and NFT crypto pets experience uh, where participants have complete ownership of all in-game assets. Um, and so, you know, whilst Pixelcraft builds that core game, of course, Avagotche is really about the community, the fans, and their ability to directly impact the game's development through the innovation of a DAO, and we're going to get into that a little bit later. Um, so several reasons why I've got you on the show. You know, Firstly, there's this second drop of Avagotche's coming in July, and I believe you're going to be doing that with some new innovations to the drop strategy, some drop mechanics uh, that you believe could become standard for how that's done. So we're going to be really interested to kind of get into that. Um, and then there's going to be the first pre-sale of Metaverse land parcels. I've got you land parcels coming, I believe, in August. So lots of really exciting stuff coming through. But of course, I think, you know, for me and the people at Outlier, we're huge fans of what you've been doing. Um, as the first really that I was aware of to kind of connect the idea of NFTs and DeFi, what we internally call MetaFi, kind of in the context of, of the metaverse. And to be honest with you, it, it really, when I got my head around what you guys were doing, I think it was kind of late last year in 2020, um, it, it really triggered a whole load of thinking around what we've now called our open metaverse thesis and thinking about how NFTs and DeFi interplay um, and uh, led us to advise a number of our projects that go through the accelerator to think about how they can leverage NFTs in combination with fungible tokens in their economy. And of course, there's some, some fantastic numbers coming through as well. Um, uh, could you just give us some high-level stats on Gotchis to date? Yeah, so the Avagachi project has been very well received since we we launched in March on Polygon, and that was um, 
a big decision because initially we planned to launch the first generation of Avogachis on Ethereum back in um, January of this year. And that was right around the time gas was spiking. So 10,000 of them, and they ended up launching on Polygon. It was the best decision we ever made. We were looking at all the different uh, sidechain and layer two options we could and ultimately realized that Polygon at this point in time had the best um, positioning and interoperability for a project like ours, which is NFTs, but it also needs that integration with DeFi. And so that was really important to us when we were looking for where to go. So those 10,000 launched on Mar in March, and um, we did a first come first serve typical NFT drop. They sold out in 60 seconds. It was kind of the peak of, or right there in the mix of the NFT um, first wave of madness. And um, it was great because we already had a super strong community going into that. But um, the quick selling out, even with some of the uh, the various limits, and we added something called an ape tax. If you bought more than uh, your fair share in a single transaction, then you would pay increasingly more per per Avogachi. All of those things uh, put together, we still found that a large portion of our community was unable to obtain an Avogachi at the uh, the ground floor, which at the time was uh, our native token is called the GHST or Ghost Token. And it was just 100 ghosts per portal. And you use this portal NFT to summon the Avogachi. So unfortunately, they were going to have to go to our secondary markets. And the good news is if you look at our secondary market, it's the, uh, the most popular secondary market on Polygon today for NFTs. Um, the, the numbers ebb and flow, but it's been consistently in the top 10. If you look at um, analytics like from DAP Radar, it's usually the only Polygon-based NFT marketplace that is up there in the ranks with all the other chains and their NFT marketplaces. So it's been really great. Um, it's a totally dedicated to Avogachi items. So whether that's the Avogachi themselves, the wearables, uh, there's a lot of different NFTs, both 721s and ERC 1155 style NFTs that are trading on that marketplace. And so that has become kind of the social hub and it lives up to its name, the bazaar. It really is like walking through the streets of a, a night market and finding all sorts of fun, fun items. So um, we love that. We love the engagement we get there. And this week we'll be introducing, I think, something that we'll definitely want to follow the analytics for, which is a kind of auction system, which you alluded to in the introduction there. We want to address the kind of disappointment we saw, even though the first launch was, quote unquote, successful, 60 seconds, 10,000 NFTs. But it was, uh, it was a big FUD-producing event in a lot of ways, and uh, it was unfortunate. So I still didn't call it a success, and I think we need to look at other ways to approach how we distribute NFTs to communities and how we involve everybody in a, uh, a way where it's not just about a gas war or getting lucky. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that's, that's at the top of people's minds at the moment. You know, we've got any number of projects coming through our accelerator where they're kind of considering drop strategy. And as you say, you know, how they can approach perhaps, you know, more long-term oriented model. And, and that's going to be built off the learnings of projects like yourself. Um, so, you know, I think what, what's really interesting about Pixelcraft is two things. One, I guess your background, your, your journey towards it, 
um, having been in the space for for quite a while and, and been experimenting with NFTs. Um, but then, of course, because it was born out of um, a hackathon, ETH Global Hack Money, and where you were the winner. Um, and I remember at the time some of the team reporting back and 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 saying that you know everybody was kind of uh, raging about you guys, and and so you know it'd be great to understand your background a little bit and then how you arrived at. I guess the the design space or the problem, right? Because initially, it, the kind of idea predated Ave, right? It was just because the hackathon, right? So, so it'd be interesting to understand that journey. Yeah, everything is very iterative, um, as it should be, especially in this space. And so, um, me and my co-founder Coder Dan, we we did launch. Um, we got to know Ave through that Hack Money Hackathon. In fact, what we built there was. Um, a different simple uh, DAP that would take the the interest you were the yield you were generating from Ave, and you could choose to redirect it to somebody you wanted to support in the space, usually a developer. So that was called Yield Hero, and it's it's a wonderful little tool that you can still use today. And you can just say, I want my yield to be, you know, sent towards whatever address you want. But um, we ended up taking, I believe, second place in that hackathon and getting to know Stanny and the guys at Ave, And um, that's where, you know, when we weren't doing the hackathon, we had already built a project, an NFT project called BullionX, uh, like Gold Bullion IX. And BullionX uh, was really special in its own right. That was um, something that I had gotten pretty obsessed with. Prior to that, I'd worked with uh, Zach Burks at Mintable and... I got somewhere along the way between that and my involvement with a, uh, a DAO called Digix DAO that's focused on a gold-backed token. I, I wanted to merge the two, NFTs and gold. And then I realized that outside of Engine doing some experimentation with their NFTs plus their Engine token, there really wasn't a true NFT 721 token that was hardwired on chain to other value existing on the blockchain, on the network. So. Um, we, I just got obsessed with that. And the result of it, the first result was BullionX. And so what you had were 3D, beautiful, extremely rare NFTs that you could interact with. We wanted to replicate. I'm pretty obsessed with user experience. So I wanted something that was more than just looking at a image in you know, OpenSea or on whatever platform you're on. So we, we did a couple things. Um, we made it where you could actually touch and, you know, a simple touch interface with a 3D object. So you could flip the coin over, zoom in on it with a pinch, that kind of thing, and really replicate holding a gold coin in your hand. But it's digital and it's actually backed by an escrow contract that links these these DGX tokens to the NFT. So that was a whole thing. And we were having a lot of fun with that and building on that and iterating on that when the hackathon came along and we met the Ave guys. And it was just the perfect timing because we were thinking about what what do we do with this powerful idea of having an NFT with tokens inside of it? Basically, DeFi was just you know coming into its own, and and uh, getting to meet those guys at Ave just really kind of put it over the top. We were like, it should be an Ave theme project, and it should have Ave tokens staked inside of an NFT. And that way, it's not just oh, there's gold inside this NFT, which is cool. But it's it's value that's actually generating a yield, and we could do a lot with that yield once it's there and gamify it. So, yeah, we that was kind of the origin story and the move from Bullion X to to Avagachi, 
And it really is a, a sequel in some ways, but it's, it's grown into be so much more because we were able to really get the funding and the support from a community that bought in and, and supported our vision from the, the get-go. So when you write a white paper, you can put your whole vision out there and not worry too much about how you're going to make it happen. And then, so we were able to go places we didn't go with Bullion X and say, you know, we see a way to take the technology available and use it to not just make another sequel to CryptoKitties, to not just make another ripoff of a popular project, but actually do some new things here and, and make it pure crypto experimentation, but also make sure we consider the user experience and make it something that people are going to want to play. And so we kind of stepped back and made a list of all the different things we were disappointed with in our experience with NFTs up to that date. Not to say they weren't good or hadn't innovated in other ways, but we, we just, that was the way, right? You find problems and you solve them. So we looked at, um, for example, a crypto pet. CryptoCase is the iconic crypto pet. There's been a lot of quote unquote pets since then. And one of the questions we asked is, well, I have a, quite a few crypto kitties, but I don't interact with them daily. I don't bring them out and I and, and, and like pet them or feed them like a Tamagotchi. And that was literally how it went from there. It's like, well, wait a minute, could we do this? It would encourage stickiness. It, it would really make it a true pet in the sense that you develop a relationship with this NFT. And it's not just, you know, another coin in your wallet. We already have lots of ERC-20s for that. This should be something with some personality and perhaps with an on-chain history with you. That's where it can become pretty powerful. And then you can tie that history back into the DeFi side of things if you want. And, and then it really becomes uh, the incentives start to get pretty exciting. And so that's where our journey is. Uh, you know, our, at Pixelcraft, we've grown to over 20 full-time staff now, and we are uh, mostly devs and we're building out on all fronts. That's um, building for the auctions I mentioned, building for a true gaming experience that's built around these Avagachis. And so um, it's, it's a whole kind of uh, lifestyle at this point. And uh, we have a really powerful community that's growing every day and and really excited about, uh, you know, shipping every week. We're always shipping. And um, I think it, whether it's big or small, they, they see it and they're involved with us with the DAO. So that was the other part of it. You mentioned the DAO and we just want to be completely, we don't want to do it the old way. Like if we wanted to do that, we could, we could, it'd be really easy, but it's a lot more exciting to try something new. And so when it comes to the governance of the game, we said, what, what is a DAO good for? Like, we don't want a rubber stamp. We don't want just like a DAO just to say we have a DAO. We want something where they're actually going to like make a vote, debate issues, maybe even get a little angry at each other and then come away with results that are tangible. And so with a game, you can do that, actually. It's like they're voting all the time on different incentives and different uh, introductions. And, and in the near future, they'll be like, deciding what is in the game and what's canon and what's not in the game, but just aesthetic, that kind of thing. So it's, it's really going to be, it's already really exciting in the sense of uh, seeing a super active DAO. It's got to be the most active DAO, one of the most active DAOs in the, in the world today and probably the most active on Polygon right now in terms of uh, the treasury, the activity, the voting. We blow through quorums 
And, and so it's been really a joy just experimenting with all these different pure crypto elements. Yeah. And look, you know, I, you, you can see the level of shipping, you know, from outside, you know, I'm not in the DAO myself, but I, you know, I hear really good things. I know there's very high engagement. And of course you, you can, you can see a lot of it um, on chain. Now, so step back a bit, um, because when you're talking about, I guess, how you conceptually arrived at Avi Gotchi, you're coming at it more from what's wrong with NFTs or, or, or what opportunities are there with NFTs. But when, when I first kind of, the aha moment for me, um, looking at you guys and what you'd achieved was that NFTs in the context of DeFi, but much more generalizable than that, could function as a form of loyalty um, in a way that gave value to certain behaviors within an economy, within an ecosystem, but that didn't debase the underlying fungible economy. Um, because of course, and, and still to a degree today with DeFi, often you know yield is kind of given out by you know, almost like a form of um, a marketing, right? You know, you're kind of subsidizing the growth of the network by creating an artificial yield. And of course, uh, that that's long-term unsustainable in many cases. But here with NFTs, all of a sudden, you kind of are rewarding users um, in a, and delivering value, if, if not equally more so, but without fundamentally undermining that, that economy. Was that... Was that your starting point or was that just the, the byproduct of, of what you did? Yeah, it, it, it probably wasn't the starting point, this particular point. The, the starting point was how do we take on-chain value that exists elsewhere and, and use the NFT to encapsulate it? But that said, the point you made is something that we've come to address numerous times in our product design. So just yesterday, I was having a conversation with um, one of our passionate community members and very, very smart mind. And, and she was saying that, you know, one of her favorite things about our project is our, we have something called friends points. So this is something that is actually really simple in its effect, but, but she's like, she said, it hasn't been done anywhere else as far as we can tell. And what that is, is we made a decision early on to say, yes, you can stake your ghost. You go to avogachi.com, you stake your ghost on a one-sided staking and that's great. You avoid impermanent loss, but we're not going to reward you with another, like you said, inflationary, just uh, yield token. We're not going to do it. In, in this case, we want to reward you for being part of the community. And we want to solve a few things, um, namely offset the capital and crypto. Everything's capital, right? When you vote in the DAO, you're voting by, with the power of the capital you've invested. But we wanted something that proved your time in the game as well. So big or small, if you were in early, you could accumulate some points, but they wouldn't be ERC-20 tokens. These friends, F-R-E-N-S, are simply points. They're a balance on your on the smart contract, keeping track of your address and your, your allocated balance for time you've staked X amount of ghost. So in a way, they feel like tokens, but they're not tokens. They're, they're, they're only for one thing. You can cash them in for chances to farm other NFTs to win other NFTs from our platform. And um, this really emphasizes the experience first and puts the 
obsession with value and chasing tokens um, in the background. Now, that's that's just one aspect and one facet of the product, but I think it fits what you were just describing there. We wanted to uh, have a staking mechanism and say, we'll reward you for for depositing your tokens and, and being here with us on the ride, um, but we don't want to just issue a second yield token. And, um, and we're pretty happy with that. The friends have been super popular and, um, and there is less focus on the value accruement part. It's an indirect, you end up getting the NFTs anyway, and the NFTs have the value, but it's, it's, uh, it's more about the experience. So let's kind of deep dive into, um, Avigotches and, and how it functions. So could you kind of give us a, a 101 on what Avigotches are, how they interplay or the relationship between Gotches and Ave proper, uh, the network, and I guess the relationship between the, the two teams. You know, to what degree did it require the permission of people at Ave to to innovate? Sure. So yeah, we we step back a minute and look at what is an Avagachi. It's a really cute pixelated ghost that basically is a, a an on chain piggy bank to hold value first and foremost and specifically Aave yield generating tokens. Um, but they all have a life of their own. So they're randomly generated. Uh, we use Chainlink in their random number generating uh, Oracle to create these Avagachis. And so each one is uh, unique with all sorts of different personality traits. And you end up choosing the one you want out of a group of 10. Like when you open a portal, it's almost like opening a pack of cards. You get 10 randomly generated Avogachis, you, you pick your favorite, and then the other nine evaporate. And so now you've got your Avogachi. What do you want to do with it? Here's where it is like a true crypto pet. You are naming it. First thing you do is name it, and it's kind of like ENS domain names. Once you put that name in, nobody else can take that name. And um, the next thing you're going to do is probably pet it. So we have a pet function, and it's become really... Uh, a lot of fun having everyone pet their avogachis and and what this is 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 actually proof of interaction with your nft this is the establishment of a relationship part it's saying yeah you own a rare exclusive avogachi but do you interact with it have you actually participated in the last six months and that's where this this petting comes in where you can pet it twice a day once every 12 hours and when you do that, the uh, the kinship score will rise in its uh, dynamic metadata. So this this is a tracker inside the uh, metadata field that keeps track of how often you're uh, logging on and, and petting your Avogachi. And again, it's a non-tokenized incentive because what you end up doing is as your kinship scores go up, you end up getting rewarded later in um, in different ways, like when we have uh, rarity farming is our kind of major competition. It's a leaderboard and at, you climb the kinship leaderboard to farm ghost tokens. So um, that, that's another great thing. So it's, it's a crypto pet and uh, very soon here, it's also going to be a, um, a metaverse uh, virtual world that you're going to be able to explore with these Avogachis. And um, all of this kind of ties in and creates a canvas for us to interact with all sorts of other web three protocols and platforms much like uh, Ave. So early on, we talked to Ave, Stanny, and, and the team, and, and Jordan, and they're very supportive. You know, those guys, they're very cool. 
Um, we said, you know, do you mind if we put Ave in the name? They said, we prefer it that way. We said, that's fantastic. Um, they want to see other projects building around their open uh, DeFi protocol. So yeah, it's, it's a very, very good partnership with them. Um, very often, we're, we're always in communication and also seeking their advice on, you know, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And um, yeah, I think uh, it's just been great. You know, they gave us a little um, grant at the beginning, like just to get us started when we were exploring it. And um, since then, we've been off and running and they've been supportive all the way. Yeah. And I, you know, I really like the idea that whilst, of course, you know, use their brand term, perhaps that required permission, but ultimately, you know, this, this kind of speaks to the, the composability of DeFi and I guess Web3 more generally that effectively you, you could, you could have built this without their permission. Um, and, you know, presumably that then extends to Avagotchis as well, right? As an NFT franchise now. So I know that you've built these virtual worlds and it'd be great to understand a little bit more about them. But of course, what we're seeing with most NFT franchises is that if you take Bored Apes, for example, you know, people are taking these 2D avatars and they're turning into 3D models. Um, they're uh, doing things where they're animating them. Um, people are creating comic books, which are NFTs associated to them. And so uh, in a way, you know, that, that the kind of characters or worlds that are created um, by one group of creators can be continuously extended or built upon by others. So it'd be, it'd be interesting to understand like how you as a, as a, as a team, as a centralized team, find the balance between developing this franchise yourselves with, with these kind of met, these, these verses, these virtual worlds versus, you know, allowing for the owners of these gotchis to kind of do new and exciting things outside of your control. Right. Right. Yeah. It's one of the most powerful pieces of the NFT puzzle. And so uh, we feel, we believe very, very much that technology that is uh, when you, whenever you have a new technology, the IP that is fresh and kind of grows out of that new movement, uh, they run together. So um, we, we, we want to definitely imbue ourselves with that kind of uh, mindset and, and what crypto is about. So that's pretty abstract though. I think in, in practical terms, what we have is a really awesome community that is extremely talented and oftentimes surprises us and are, you know, going beyond even our wildest imagination. So in our case, we're a game. So the original idea was we are presenting this Avagachi vision and we want everyone involved and we're all going to build it together. And as Pixelcraft, our job is to build the core game and deliver the mechanics that are that are on the white paper, that are on the list that the DAO wants to vote in to make happen. And so we kind of do the bidding of the DAO. And then um, what's ended up happening is there's so much talent in the community that we have um, different roles. For example, the architects and everything in our community is spelled with two A's, of course. So the architects are... Um, really amazing and these are these are game devs these are solidity developers these are all sorts of developers that are taking um our on-chain avagachis and building uh oftentimes mini games or statistical analysis uh websites around what's happening in our community and so there's there's a whole list of these out there right now avagachi stats.com 
good, or no, sorry, not good ghost. That's our friends at another place, ghost.gg. And um, probably about a, a half dozen solid mini games right now that are basically like old school arcade games, but with the Avogadro put in. And this is possible because um, unlike most NFTs out there today, we are 100% on chain and, and not scattered across multiple chains using something like Arweave to, to hold the, uh, the visuals. But all the data, including the visuals, are stored in the smart contract on Polygon for Avogadro. So that means the Avogadro's will are accessible to any developer that wants to access those files and that metadata and build an experience around it. And so that's what we really like to encourage and see is, you know, what, what can you build around these Avogadro's? And um, we're actually a few weeks away from introducing um, something we've really been working hard on, which is right now you have the, the front view, the kind of avatar view of the Avogadro stored on chain. We're about to double down on that or quadruple down on that and introduce all four sides of the Avogadro and it will all be stored on the Polygon smart contract. And, and what that means is the game developers and the architects are able to build much better games where you have the side scroller, where you have whatever kind of game experience you want, a top-down RPG, much like what we're building in our metaverse. All those things can be built because we're constantly uploading these type of um, tools directly onto, onto the chain. And so it, it does two things. It creates great accessibility for anyone to build around these. And uh, you can start seeing all sorts of Avogadro spinoffs and really fun experiences. And then the other is, of course, the longevity of the NFT, which is really important to us. I think um, the big inspiration for that early on was uh, NFT42. And I think they have uh, alumni of yours. And, and those guys took the Avastars and said, hey, it's got to be all on chain. There's, there's no halfway these other NFTs aren't going to be around 10 years from now. And, um, and that resonated. That was like, I was pretty obsessed with grabbing on-chain value and what we could do there at BullionX. But I was like, that yeah, next time, got to do it that way. <laughs> and so it actually informed our design decision. You'll notice the Avogachis are lightweight, pixelated. They look like they're from 1985 Nintendo, right? And that's a great aesthetic. It's kind of in vogue right now. But in our case, we actually made that design decision early on because we knew we needed very small, lightweight SVGs that we could then actually hold on the chain. So there are trade-offs. You, you probably don't want to do what we did with um, you know, a, a high-res 3D uh, object. So um, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the community is amazing and they're building every day. And in fact, we, uh, we're going to do a hackathon early next month uh, kind of a game jam that will hope it, hopefully attract even more talent to take what what is there waiting for them on chain and build all sorts of Avogadro experiences. Great. So tell us what's next. We've got uh, the second drop coming this month, July 2021, I believe. Um, by the time people will be listening to this, that drop would have been over. I think it's a 72-hour auction, and um, the auction model is, is something that you're pioneering. And then you've got the first pre-sale of the Metaverse land parcels, I believe, in August. Can you tell us a little bit more about both of those, and in particular, the auction model? Yeah, so you're right. We're, we're starting our first um, auction NFT drop tomorrow, and it's called a bid-to-earn auction. We're doing it on a smaller scale tomorrow to kind of battle test it um, on-chain. We're already on Coven. Our community is like playing it on Coven, but we want to do the real thing now. And it's, it's something that's only been done once before by a team called GBM. And the GBM team 
has been around about a year. They did it with a project called Cryptographs on Ethereum. And what it is, is you actually make a bid. If you get outbid, then you end up earning a little bit of the, the a percentage of the difference between you and the next bidder. And, and it goes on like this until the final bid. And what this does is, I mean, that part is very interesting and hopefully attracts people like the, the slogan is everyone wins with GBM because either you get the NFT in the end or you didn't, but you get some consolation prize in terms of the token. But we had a drop about two months ago with um, a partner we were really excited about. It's really our only celebrity partnership. We got Little Pump to um, issue some very collaborate on some very cool NFT designs. And, and so we had Little Pump wearables. And it was the first time that somebody outsmarted us and ended up getting a, a bot to go in and swoop up the wearables before they even appeared on the front page of our UI. So they got like all the little pump sunglasses, you know, it's devastating and not good. And we did some soul searching after that and just said, you know, there's a lot wrong with this first come first serve model. You know, the first one we, we sold out in 60 seconds and people were still upset. Um, the next one we got beat by a bot and now everybody's upset. And so how do we do this better and, and stay committed to being hundred percent on chain and not introducing some web to KYC or something like that. And, um, this auction, um, we'd actually participated in it last year with cryptographs and we were like, you know, that was really cool. Let's reach out to those guys, see what they're up to. And sure enough, they're building out their infrastructure and, um, they were happy to collaborate with us. So, uh, the very first bid to earn auction will probably be just finishing up, uh, when this airs. Yeah. It's, it's going to be Sunday the 18th when it finishes. If that goes well, um, we will be applying that same model to the Haunt 2, which will be 15,000 new Avogachis, the second generation of Avogachis. There's some new collaterals from Ave because we're doing Polygon Ave now, uh, which means wrapped BTC Avogachis, um, Matic coin Avogachis. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, um, and a, a lot of fun new wearables to go with that. So we think the the landscape on Polygon has changed dramatically from March when we were kind of just showing up there because the the average price to get a first generation Avogadro right now at the bottom end is around $800 to $1,000. It's really been hard to have a cheap, affordable way for anybody to come in and participate in what is really a fun ecosystem. And so both the Haunt 2 and the upcoming Realm parcel sale are, um, we're very, very much obsessed with designing ways that make it easy to onboard more people and grow this. We don't want to be another 10,000 uh, issuance NFT avatar kind of meme token. Like We're not too obsessed with scarcity, even though that's what the original use case of NFTs is about. We're seeing it as the utility first and the experiences you can build around it and your NFT, your Avogachi is access to all these values that we can deliver to you. And so it means we have to constantly be building and, and creating awesome experiences. And um, I think we're more than happy to do it. So the, the metaverse is going to be um, something that I, I couldn't be more excited about. The first presale will be in August. And it is, imagine a top-down Legend of Zelda, middle of the 1990s type of style game but with a little bit of a microdose of acid, perhaps, and, and <laughs> you're going to be kind of, yeah, a vaporwave and, and all of that. And it's going to be a magical place, but it's also going to be something different than what we've seen with some of the other popular metaverses in, in crypto. So 
Um, I love my crypto voxels. I spend a lot of time in there. I love uh, Decentraland. But um, we want something that's super accessible uh, with a free-to-play character. So if you don't have an Avagachi, we're introducing a secondary character called the Liquidator, who is kind of the Avagachi's arch nemesis. And it's also a free-to-play NFT. So we're, we're throwing out the rule book. This is an uncapped ERC-721 token uh, playable NFT that, you know, we basically will have a faucet. And um, you can just, if you can get a hold of a referral ticket, you can basically redeem one for free or, or all sorts of them. And we'll be airdropping them. And we want everybody to be able to get into this world and play. And um, and it's, it's also going to be very DeFi-esque. So the realm parcels themselves are going to be pre-baked with four different kind of resources, in, in-game resources, uh, will be inside your parcel. You won't know how much until you engage with it and, and engage the Chainlink random number generator again, but you will end up with X amount of these random resources that you'll have to farm or mine out of the parcel over the ongoing months. And so there's all sorts of mad scientist tokenomics involved with that, including really big burns. If these liquidators get a hold of it, um, they can steal your your uh, alchemica. It's called alchemica, and it's going to be a lot of uh, back and forth. And I think it's going to be lighthearted, but also like it's it's like an RPG. It's really a DeFi RPG is what we're going for. And um, so it, it's you know the first product market fit with crypto voxels was here is a place to showcase your NFTs in a 3D beautiful environment. It's, it's perfect. And here's a place to have your next, uh, you know, your next meetup. But um, we want to try to do something different because they're already doing that very well. And that's where we, we really want to gamify it and really add some creative, but also some destructive elements so that you constantly have this ebb and flow. And um, so, yeah, a lot to be excited about with that. The light paper is out there now and I invite anybody to read it and, and see, you know, some of the more details involved, but it involves crafting, farming, battling, and social elements. And um, your Avogadro is going to be at the center of it all. Wow. I mean, it's, it's just fascinating the level of depth and immersiveness that you've really developed there, but of course, fun. And I think, you know, what's so impressive about what you guys have done is on the one hand, you've created this like best practice case study for how to create a very community-driven NFT franchise, like a metaverse first um, franchise. At the same time, you've made DeFi accessible and fun to a whole group of people that perhaps wouldn't have otherwise engaged with it. And I love the fact that you're extending that out now across the wider DeFi ecosystem. So uh, Jesse, thanks so much for all you're doing in the space. Um, we're certainly having a lot of fun watching you. And as I said, a lot of our cohorts in Accelerator are benefiting directly from the kind of path that you're forging. Well, thank you for having me and um, we'll, we'll see you in the Gachiverse. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> thanks, Jesse. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please make sure you subscribe, rate and share your feedback to help us reach as many people as possible with the important mission of Web3.